Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. There has been some heated discussion at City Hall here in Hamilton over the last little while about uh, public transit, the HSR, absenteeism, and, and, and these are all legitimate concerns. And of course, LRT has been raised more than once in the last little while, as you might have expected. But what about the discussion about Go Transit? Well, there was a Metrolinx representative at a council meeting uh, a few days ago, and uh, the councillors grilled this individual about the future of Go Transit. Now, this is not LRT. This is the Go Train that's supposed to be coming here. Remember the all-day Go service? That promise? Remember the idea about building another Go station down at Centennial Parkway? Well, councillors were surprised and in some cases shocked by some of the responses, and non-responses they got at that particular meeting. John Best, the publisher of the Bay Observer, joins us. He writes about it in the latest edition of the Bay Observer. John, how are you doing today? I'm well, Bill. Good. Uh, interesting. It's, this is a, I don't know if it's a, hey, watch what's going on over here because uh, we don't want you to see what's happening here. There's been so much discussion about LRT over the last uh, few months and years, I suppose. Uh, a lot of councillors, and I think probably a lot of citizens, have kind of forgotten about what was supposed to be happening with Go Transit, but uh, it was, certainly was front and center at that meeting. It was, and it, it was, uh, I mean, we know there are issues around Go Transit, uh, around uh, developing capacity uh, on on what are essentially the CNR and CPR rail lines, uh, but uh, th- what really jumped off the page to me was the fact that we're well down the road with, uh, you know, uh, setting aside hundreds of millions of dollars for, for stations, uh, at Centennial and further down the line towards Niagara, with no uh, timetable of any sort uh, of when we could actually put trains on those lines. And uh, I, I actually felt sorry for the guy from Metrolinx because it, it just its embarrassing, really, to see um, the sort of cart-before-the-horse kind of approach uh, that, that they seem to be taking. And um, it really left way more questions than answers in people's minds. Well, some of those answers were a little ambiguous, to say the least. Uh, I know when Councillor Donna Skelly was talking to them, as you pointed out in your piece in the, in the Bay Observer, uh, Bailiff replied that the answer was, well, between a yes and a no. Uh, that's, that's not getting it done, John. No, and, and I, I think the answer, the answer quite, uh, I, I think quite plainly, is that they're negotiating with the railways uh, God knows what they pay for this. Uh, it's hard to sort of figure that out. I tried to look at some Metrolinx financial statements to get an idea of what they're paying the railways for the lines, but uh, it's one of these situations where the numbers are all, uh, a whole bunch of things are lumped together, so it's hard to separate out actual costs. And I, you know, I sent a, a note to uh, Metrolinx. I tried to get an interview with the head of Metrolinx to find out you know, I thought maybe this is the time when we should just start at Union Station, just let's go right down uh, the track to uh, the Bayview Junction out by Burlington, around the end of the bay, right down to Niagara, and let's just look at each little chunk and say, okay, what's stopping us? Uh, what's the impediment here? What's it going to cost to fix it? And I got this cryptic note back that said, well, you're your questions, I, we didn't realize that your questions were going to be so detailed and so technical, and uh, unfortunately we can't provide you with any answers at this time. So, you know, I don't know why. I can understand, you know, we are dealing with a private sector corporation, the railway, uh, so I can understand that uh, bargaining strategy and, and certain things need to be confidential, but 
there should be some kind of a ballpark sense of the magnitude of the, of of what we're dealing with here uh because this is you know this is the number one priority of the province it's not as some people in hamilton might think uh getting us lrt the number one priority of the province is uh rapid um, rail service connecting all the communities in uh, the greater golden horseshoe area with toronto uh, you know, they, they want to electrify it. They want to get trains running every 15 minutes. This is the cornerstone of their transit policy, and it seems to be lagging behind uh, some of these other projects that are locally based. Well, what's more frustrating about this, this is not a new idea, John. This is not something they just announced last week and, and you know, where they could say, well, we've got all the details worked out. They've been kicking this thing around for 17 years now, at least. Uh, you know, but, uh, and this was part of the Places to Grow document that they put out many, many years ago. And that was the Liberal government that did that. And they talked then about Go Transit service that's going to run from Oshawa all the way down to Niagara Falls. Well, we're waiting. We're waiting. Uh, it's obviously, uh, uh, you know, and, and I really, to some degree, feel kind of bad for Go because, you know, Go got sort of sucked into this Metrolinx uh, behemoth organization. And Quite frankly, the, the, the most uh, efficient and best operating division of Metrolinx is Go Transit. And I think it's largely due to the fact that it spent most of its life not being part of Metrolinx. And, but now that it is part of Metrolinx, you're already starting to see the same kind of creeping uh, nonsense, uh, bad decisions, uh, uh, you know, go stations being planned for areas uh, strictly for political reasons. Uh, we have the transport minister uh, putting his thumb on the scales, trying to get a couple of go stations in his riding that that were not only not recommended, but they were recommended against as being potentially detrimental to the to the smooth operation of the whole go system. So we're starting to see political interference with go just as we've seen it with the Scarborough subway, um, just a crazy project, uh, a one-stop subway at $3.5 billion uh, when they could get a 25-stop LRT for the same money. So, you know, we're starting to see this political um, interference uh, interfering with the one good thing that we have in public transit in, in this region, and that's go. What about the train stations? Let's talk a little bit about that. There's a a big to-do made, and I think justifiably so, about uh, putting the new GO station in down by Leona Station, and that's open now. We get that. But uh, as, as your piece in the Bay Observer points out, what the information we're getting from GO right now seems to be that if, in fact, we ever do get this all-day service, it's probably going to run out of the Hunter Street Station and not down there by the waterfront. I don't get that. I don't get it, and frankly, I don't get why. Why'd, why'd they build the station then? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, to my mind, we should not have uh, a Hunter Street rail station. It functions very well as a bus station, uh, and it's doing a great job. But uh, basically, Hunter Street is a dead end for trains. You can't get from Hunter Street to uh, points east like Stony Creek and I. Well, you could if, if you could somehow solve uh, the rail crossing uh, at Main Street and King Street. And but it's not sensible to run public rail uh, over level crossings in a built-up those, those were the old days, John. And, yep. and look, at, I understand that station has a storied history. You know, the old THNB station, Toronto-Hamilton-Buffalo Railroad. My grandfather was a conductor on that railroad. I, I know all about it. My dad told me scripture and verse about how effective that was. But you're right. That was then. This is now. 
And and the problem I have with this, and I've been going on like this for years now, and nobody seems to want to do anything about this, was it probably is the only GO station in Ontario that doesn't have any parking. No, it has no parking. It's uh, it's in a location. Yeah, I mean, ideally, uh, you would say uh, it's in the core of the city. Makes sense, but if it, you know, a, a, a railway station to be effective has to be a through station, and this one really isn't. It just angles off uh, up the mountain eventually, off to you know Beamsville or Smithville or someplace. So it, it's not a, a proper location for a go station. And uh, it's obviously a rail capacity issue that's preventing us from, frankly, concentrating all of our GO traffic on the uh, West Harbor station. Well, and anybody who's used GO must be as frustrated as I am when I do because of that problem. That You know, how do I, where do I leave the car? We, you know, I come from another part of the city. I don't live downtown. If I want to take the GO train, I've got to find some way to get down there. And public transit is not the way to do it. We don't want to even go down that road right now. But then you go to every other stop along that line between here and Toronto, John, and there's massive parking lots for commuters to get down there, leave your car here, and take the train in. Great idea. But in Hamilton, not happening. Now, to their credit, when they built the waterfront down by Leuna, the new GO station, there is parking there. I don't think it's big enough, but there is some parking. So they seem to have seen the error of their ways. But now they're saying, well, we're not so sure we're even going to be able to use that for the, the all-day service. No, I mean, it really sounds like we're talking 10 years uh, be, before there's uh, the kind of service that people thought we were going to get. Remember, they, they, this was all predicated, uh, this and, and for that matter, Hamilton's LRT uh, were originally premised on the idea that we could have them up and running for the for the Pan Am Games, which is, you know, it's ludicrous. Oh, you mean, you mean the next time we host the Pan Am Games? Yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> in 100 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's it just doesn't make sense. It, it, the GO uh, footprint, the whole GO plan for Hamilton seems to be at odds with the way GO operates everywhere else uh, in southern Ontario, where there's provision for parking. Uh, they talk about mobility hubs. Burlington has got a planning process in place that they're going to, you know, in, uh, intensify uh, residential development around their three GO stations. Oh, yeah, we've talked to Mayor Goldring about that at, at, at great yep. length. About, about by the way, the plans the city has to uh, to accommodate their growth based on that GO service. Well, we'd kind of like to do the same thing here in Hamilton, but it's just not happening. I, I think I've mentioned to you, our daughter lives up in Barrie, and by the way, today uh, is uh, the beginning of their all-day GO service. Saw a little story in the Toronto Star about that today, and I'm jealous, John, because <laughs> I've seen they didn't have all-day service, but they have had train service into Barrie for some time, and the way that that has rejuvenated the downtown in Barrie is just remarkable. There are things that will happen when you do this, and that's why we were all jumping up and down when the government said we were, they were going to do this, but, uh, you know, they're dragging their heels here. They are, and, uh, you know, in some cases there's good reason. I mean... Uh uh, you know, the railway, uh, CNR, uh, CPR, these are private corporations. You can't, uh, theoretically, you can't put a gun to their head and force them to go along, although one would argue uh, or perhaps at least ask, uh, when does the uh, power of uh, uh, appropriation kick in, uh, expropriation, uh, eminent domain, that, that sort of thing? Uh, I mean, these railways historically were totally dependent on government money to get started, uh, everybody's forgotten about that now that they're making profits. But, uh, you know, there there does not seem to be the kind of urgency that you would expect to see 
given the fact that we're allocating, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for railway stations that at this point don't have a, a, a plan for uh, train operation. Well, and is going to curtail growth, and that's one of the things I find frustrating, because as we talked about with so many other things, back in the day when we were having the debate about the expressway, for instance, if if people decide or businesses decide, hey, we're not going there because you guys aren't ready for it, they're going to go someplace else, and they're not going to come back 10 years later. Oh, you finally built that thing? Okay, we'll relocate. That's a missed opportunity. We did that before, John. I don't want to go down that road again. That's That's not how you grow a city. Yeah, I, and I, again, um, I, we just saw a story in the last couple of weeks where, where somebody's talking about maybe what we need to do is to have all transit in, in the uh, greater uh, GTA area, have it all under one authority. Well, that's kind of what I thought was planned for Metrolinx. And, uh, you know, we've, we've strayed a long way from any kind of coordinated regional plan. We've still got all these separate bus companies um, that probably could be integrated better than they are. We, you know, you look at places like New York, where all transit in the region is under one authority. Uh, you see it in Vancouver as well. We're not quite that size yet, but there, you know, it seems to me there's no point having a, an umbrella group um, planning transit if it can be so easily interfered with uh, by uh, political imperatives of the day. And, and really, this, this Scarborough subway is, is absolute madness, uh, $3.8 billion for a one-stop subway. And, I mean, even here in Hamilton with, uh, with our um, plans for LRT, um, you know, the, the big, uh, the, the, one of the reasons for all this investment in LRT right across the region was, was to have it integrate with the regional rail system. And in our case, uh, it does not. You know, they took the spur line from the James North Station off the latest plan. Uh, you have to walk uh, from downtown Hamilton to get over to the THB station uh, from from the uh, nearest LRT stop. So, I mean, in Hamilton, we don't, we don't even fulfill that minor requirement. Well, that's because they wanted it all integrated, except when it isn't. Uh, yeah. Which seems to be the rule. You know, these are the these are the standards. But if you want to, you know, ignore them, you can do that too. I mean, we live in a democracy, and so naturally politicians, uh, uh, you know, we, we have to let them, um, you know, we don't want to get into a situation where, where the bureaucracy runs everything. But, you know, when we're talking transit, we're, we're talking monumental sums of money, and, and there's got to be a better, um, we, we can't have stuff just made up on the back of an envelope. Uh, example, a small example being when, when council last spring finally voted to allow the LRT to go forward. And you'll recall that uh, there were votes at risk at that meeting, uh, and, and the one vote was uh, Councillor Whitehead, who, who said if it didn't go back to the configuration of extending all the way out to Eastgate, that he wasn't going to vote for it. And at the meeting, uh, you know, somebody rushed to the phone, I guess our our member uh, Ted McMeekin or somebody got involved, and next thing you know, we're getting an announcement while the meeting is on from the transport minister saying, oh, yeah, we think we can do that. Uh, I mean, whether you're for or against LRT, that is not the way to plan uh, station locations. It's just crazy. Way back when, uh, forget about Metrolinx for a second, and I know many people would like to, 
But even when Go Transit was initiated, that whole project was started. The discussion back in those days was we need a coordinated transit plan. We just can't do it piecemeal from one community to another uh, because it's not going to work that way. It's it's like a patchwork quilt, uh, and and there's no coordination to it. And we thought, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, fine. And then of course Metrolinx came along and said, hey, these guys can do it even better. And it seems as if we're whirling backwards here, John. It does. Uh, it seems that there's uh, too much ad hoc decision making. I mean, it's not like this money is lying around waiting to be spent. It's all got to be borrowed. Uh, there, there, you know, the money isn't anywhere <laughs> at the moment. And, and uh, you know, whether it's our project or whether it's the $3.8 billion uh, subway, um, the, the money does not exist in a bank account somewhere waiting for a check to be written. It's all got to be borrowed uh, against the future. And, and to have, you know decisions that, that typically amount to tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars made up uh, in the heat of a council meeting or uh, because some minister would like to see a go station in his writing, um, you know, it, it's just madness. And, uh, we're, you know, unfortunately, we're seeing it in things like energy policy and other things as well. So we've really got to start getting back to some kind of, you know, it's an old cliche, but good government um, means hopefully competent government where where you hire good experts and and allow them to um, to give their advice without fear or favor. Yeah, but when we bring somebody in as council did, and and the gist of what they say to the council, well, here are the reasons why we're not doing it or why it hasn't been done. That's not leadership. That's not good government. The good government is, look, at there are some challenges here. This is how we're going to overcome them. I understand the CN negotiations are a problem. They've been a problem for 25 years. They were a problem when they wanted to clean up the old Lax property for the waterfront trail. That, we get that. But that, if, if that's a dead end, then tell me what you're going to do instead of just, you know, humming and humming and thinking, well, we don't know where we're going yet. There's got to be a plan B. Well, and there may well be a plan B. I'm, I'm, my, my issue is why can't we share a whole lot more of it, I mean, uh, with the public? Uh, we, you, you, can't have, uh, you can't have the public's confidence if you don't take them into your confidence. And one of the reasons for the mistrust and, and the skepticism that we're constantly running into with this and other mega projects is there, there just uh, doesn't seem to be any trust in the public. Uh, so we have to sugarcoat everything uh, the, the, you know all these organizations are spending so much more money on in-house pr than they used to and it's all about managing the public and it's about managing the politicians and we've we've reached a point where where you know people don't really have their hands uh, even at the elected level don't you know there's there's no rhyme or reason there's no thought out progression of of steps it's just uh, What's going to work today? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, at that rhetorical end, we're going to have to break it off at this point. John, thanks as always. Great piece, by the way, in the Bay Observer. You can uh, check it out online. Uh, all the best uh, to you and your staff at uh, the Bay Observer. Uh, Merry and Christmas. You. Happy New Year. We'll talk yeah, again okay. soon. Okay, thanks, Bill. Take care, John. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.